Welcome to the Inspire to Thrive podcast, a place for K-12 educators to find insights and inspiration. Relationships are at the core of education, but how can you leverage videos, social media, and your authentic self to create stronger connections in your community? More on that on today's episode. The Inspire to Thrive podcast, brought to you by the Small School District Association, the California Collaborative for Educational Excellence, and Thrive Public Schools, supporting educators to create greater impact for children. Today on the Inspire to Thrive podcast, we are talking to Zandra Joel Galvan, superintendent of the Greenfield Union School District, the current board president for the California Latino Superintendents Association, as well as a mentor for AASA, the National Association of Superintendents. Zandra, so good to have you on today. Thank you so much, Nicole. It's an honor to be with you today and just to get to talk about all things superintendent. So honored to be here. Yeah, and on the note of all things superintendent, it has been quite a doozy this year to be a superintendent, but you're all smiles, so what's the secret? <laughs> Thank you, Nicole. You know what? I'm all about positivity and just taking every opportunity that comes my way, whether I get knocked down, it's like on the journey of getting back up. What's the lesson that I learned in that whole experience? So um, always been taught by my family that there's going to be times when we get knocked down, but it's the rise and the coming out of that knockdown that makes you a stronger, better person. And I use that in leadership today. Uh, that is so important, right? So as a, a former principal, I know that the knocks uh, are certainly there. And this year was actually hard. So tell me, where do you get that energy, though? Because the work can feel lonely, uh, sure. but you're really alone. So where do you get your energy from? Oh, I love it. Thanks for that question. So a couple of things that I get it from. Well, um, number one, I get it from exercise. I love the power of endorphins that happen in the morning. And so music makes me happy. Moving naturally makes me happy. And so every morning before I, you know, leave the house and come to work to serve, um, my day starts with music, dancing in my living room, play, throwing around a kettlebell, uh, you know, lifting crunches, those kinds of things, just to some really phenomenal music. And that's just a mood changer. My mood absolutely changes first thing in the morning um, with some exercise. Uh, and, and it doesn't have to be a grand. I mean, I don't have exercise equipment like fancy gym in my garage. I move naturally. I get I put on a YouTube video. I get some music out. I do a little simple kettlebell that I bought, you know, $10 in Marshalls or Ross, like low budget, totally. So that's the number one. The other thing that absolutely gives me energy is kids. The kids that I serve in my district, my own children give me energy. And so every day I'm in a classroom, no matter what my, my agenda for the day looks like. And after my 10th Zoom meeting, you know, you get exhausted. I get energy from being in classrooms. And so I love talking to kids. I love sitting on the rug with kids. I love playing with them on the playground. Like anything kids gives me super, super, super much, uh, lots of energy. That's awesome. Uh, you know, what you said reminds me, I read an article recently that was just talking about like music and how it impacts the the brain. So that absolutely resonates. Um, having 
sat in your chair, I also know how challenging it can be to figure out your schedule and protect that time to be with kids. Uh, talk to us a little bit about like how you set up the structures that now probably feel like it's just what you do, but it took some work to get to this place of like, hey, it's just what I do. Yeah. Help us understand like how to get there. If folks are listening and they're like, yeah, I want to be in classrooms, but you know, and there's a hundred buts. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for that question, Nicole. That is, that is a big one. And so for superintendents, um, it is so important to remember what every decision is grounded in. And every decision that we make at the dais, at the superintendent chair, at the leadership um, you know, podium is all grounded in kids. And so what I do every single week is I calendar when I'm going to be in classrooms. I do that from the onset and I treat it like any other meeting. So I wouldn't cancel a meeting with the state superintendent. I wouldn't cancel a meeting with the parent who is giving her time to meet with me in my office. So why would I cancel on kids? So it's simply stated, I calendar it and I don't negotiate that time on my schedule. And then I also get help from my amazing administrative assistant that she mm -hmm. makes sure that I'm out the door getting to where I need to be, where I need to be. And canceling on kids is never an option. So that is always something that I make time for in the day and I don't sacrifice it for something else. Well, I love how you put that, right? Like I don't cancel on kids. I don't cancel. The first one out of your mouth was like, I don't cancel on the state superintendent. And I love how you like elevate kids to that place. Now I know that trickles into everything that happens at, at Greenfield. I'm sure like that kind of energy is contagious. So tell us a little bit about your district where are you located? How big are you? And then what are those signature things that make Greenfield Greenfield? Oh, love my community of Greenfield. So Greenfield is on the Central Coast in Monterey County. It is a rural community, a lot of agriculture in the town, a lot of students and families. Um, Latin culture is the predominant um, you know, dominating culture within our community, but we embrace all cultures. I think we just, as we entered on the, uh, the podcast, I had just told you what I was finishing doing. I was reading stories to my kids, bedtime stories, uh, pre-recording those to get them out to them uh, tonight and every night. And we were celebrating Asian American cultures. And so Greenfield is a place that yes, yes, we do dominate with one culture of Latins, but we bring in all cultures to really support uh, the demographics of Greenfield is we have a lot of students in poverty. And so if we don't break them free from the cycle of poverty, no one else can. Uh, we have a 95% unduplicated count of students in poverty. We have 98% Latino, but we do have 100% of highly capable children that are destined for greatness. And so in Greenfield, a little story about us is I grew up in this town. So I'm super proud of uh, being a little girl that gets to walk through classrooms now as a big girl and just mm -hmm. spread sunshine, talk to kids. Um, I just most recently, I got to you know, do a college and career day where we got to talk about what the superintendent does. A lot of kids know what I do because I'm in the classroom so frequently. They're like, we know you. You're that YouTube lady that sings to us. Wait, we know you. You're the big boss. Wait a minute. You know, you. So that's the beautiful thing about them knowing who I am and I know them. But the most beautiful thing is also is having lunch with kids. And so one of my first grade students um, in our district asked me, you know, what I, what I did. And we talked all about that. And at the very end, she said she was going to be a superintendent. So a little six-year-old already saying she's going to be a superintendent. That's Ruby. So I had lunch with Ruby, 
a few weeks ago, and we just talked about the superintendency. So imagine when you get to really be at the gra grassroots, the ground level, talking with kids about their aspirations, it changes you as a leader. You remember that every decision that you make must be grounded in kids thriving, kids moving forward, kids being inspired and motivated. And if they're not, the conversation will determine what I need to do as the leader to do a better job in engaging our kids. And so culturally speaking, so proud of Greenfield. We are on the Central Coast. We absolutely have challenges, but we also have great assets. And what I do every day in making decisions here is grounded in how do we get kids um, into a post-secondary option of their, of their passion-driven life. I know that takes a lot of intentional energy on your part. Mm -hmm. I want to go back to reading stories to kids. How cool is that? Tell us more about how did this start and how often do you do it? Yeah, so um, it started during the pandemic. We hit, and, and here's what we remember. I'm going to rewind for all of us, all of our listeners here about March 13th and, and that Friday when everything shut down in my town in California and pretty much the nation when we started looking at the number of case rates. And for me, um, and I know you know this about me already because you see me on my social media posting, but I'm a connector. I'm a people person. I'm a hugger. I'm a like, I'm going to see a person sitting in the corner and I'm going to engage them. Like I walk into a room and I look for people that, you know, I'm ready to talk to and build a relationship with. And so when the pandemic hit, I was crushed. I was crushed because the first thing I saw was, oh my God, how am I going to still stay connected to people, to the kids that I serve, to the staff members that I love, to the families that need us? Like how in the world am I still going to be able to do that? when we're on lockdown. So that was, was very difficult for people like me that are relational people that, that want to be connected to humans. And so first thing I thought of, okay, well, let's see. I, I was doing videos already, connecting with mm -hmm. our community that knew what we were all about and, and what we were doing. And so I started bedtime stories, started reading to kids on a nightly basis to stay connected. And it was really simple. We started with what are the thematic months in the year? And so Asian American month is now, you know, last month was autism awareness month. The month before that was women heritage. The month before that, Hispanic heritage, black history month. There's so many themes in America. Like you don't even have to worry about that part. And then my job was just finding books uh, and an iPad on a tripod to like launch it. So we started with like just super simple every, every week. Um, I'll start on, on we'll, re, we'll pick a day. So right now it's Wednesday. And so every Wednesday I read five books and then next Wednesday I read five more books. So it's really only an hour out of my day. We pre-record for the whole week and then we launch them and we put them on our YouTube channel. We send them out on our Parent Square application where every kid, parent gets it. We push it out to our teachers. If the teachers want to, you know, read the, show the story to the, to kids in our classes, they do. So it was a very simple, grounded in human connection. And I'll tell you, I haven't stopped since. And we're going on the two-year anniversary was in March. So we're, I've been reading over two years worth of content on our YouTube channel and all grounded in kids and wanting to stay connected. Well, I, as a former English teacher, like I love the like, literacy connection. I love the like storytelling, 
But I also love the kind of both tangible leadership and symbolic leadership of like, I'm a reader. I want to connect with you on a personal level, uh, which is so inspirational. And like you said, it takes an hour. It's an easy connection hack, right? Like how do you hack staying connected to folks when there's so much to do? I bet you have more things like that that you do. So tell me another way that you're building relationships and connection. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Before I do, though, I want to tell you two things about the story time that I just want to make sure I mention to our listeners is that, number one, they see you as a superintendent, as a real person. And I will tell you, there are numerous times when I cry on film and I don't delete it, I leave it. And I'm going to tell you two instances why I cried. I cried when I read the story of Ruby Bridges and her Mm -hmm. adversity of walking every single day with the countless enemies against her and not wanting to integrate schools during the civil rights movement. I absolutely cried on camera and that is on our YouTube channel. And it was just in a real moment, reading the words and the impact that they make on me as the leader and on my community. And I never, ever, ever want kids to experience that. That was one moment I cried and it's, it's archived and it's there. And I just never want to lose sight of all vulnerability as leaders. And the other moment that I cried just last month was autism awareness month. I know I'm going to cry now too. And I have um, twins uh, that are going to turn 10 next Friday. And and my boy was diagnosed with autism at a very early age because he couldn't speak until he was four years old. And so I read that and the story talks about twins And about how the sister has to protect the brother and that I read books in real time. I don't pre-read. I don't practice. My team gives me books and I just read them. And so you see the real raw superintendent come across when I read words for the very first time. And I cried with that book too, because it took me back to being a mom of a special needs child and how important that is in advocating for every kid. Um, in the nation, in our communities, and in our families. And I, I love my brother, um, Cal Watts, who's the superintendent of Gwyneth in, in Georgia, Gwyneth County in Georgia. And he tells me always that he says um, he treats every child as if they bared his last name. And that is beautiful because that's how we should treat every child in America is that they, they have our surname because it's different when you lead knowing that they're your babies. So had to add that piece of it. And then I'll shift into the other foot, but I'll let you come. No, up. but I love that. Uh, gosh, I, um, th- that story, it, it touches me too, both as uh, a mother of a child with a disability, but also of just like being authentic and wow. uh, showing up as who we are. And I think that as uh, women leaders, as a um, Latina leader, you know, like you need to show up as you because you need to tell kids like, hey, it's okay to show up and be you. Um, yeah. So there's two things yeah. I, I really want to get to. One is like, you know, what are the other things that you're doing to create connection in a way that other leaders listening can emulate? But I also want to know, you know, how how is it for you to show up uh, we know that most superintendents out there are are men. Uh, most of them are white men, and you know sometimes it's it's hard to show up as your authentic self. But you do it with so much grace and so much ease. How yeah. did you get to that spot? Okay, well, let's see. Great question, Nicole. So, how did I get to be this person that just 
is bold and authentic and just, you know, unapologetic, I'll even add. And so how did I get to be there? First of all, I'm the baby of six. So there's something about the youngest in a family that's a little extra special, I think. We're extra. And so my whole (laughs) family, you know, all five of the oldest were all born together. And I'm like nine years later. So when I show up, I'm a little extra. You know, I walk into a room, I'm a little extra. And I'm unapologetic about it because I was kind of raised that way. They were always checking on me. They were always making sure the baby was okay. What's the baby doing now? Um, But also, it's just a huge sense of pride for our family to see that the baby has um, become this person that now leads and supports others. And so um, I think the way I am is the same person I was when I was a young person and when I was a teacher. I, I don't ever allow a title to change my core values. And that's so important to me. My core values are grounded in being a really good person. My parents have taught me that. My grandparents have taught me that. My brothers and sisters have taught me that. And so there are hills that we'll die on. And one of those hills is my integrity, my ethics, and my authentic, um, the person that I bring to every conversation. And I smile a lot. I hug a lot. I enter the conversation with positive assumptions. I'm going to treat you as a champion, a wonderful person first. And if that goes wrong, it goes wrong. And, you know, we deal with that separately. But authenticity and being true to who we are, I don't ever let a title. When I was a classroom teacher, when I was an, an academic coach, when I was an athletic coach, when I was a church leader, um, and now the superintendent, nothing has really changed except for the title that's bestowed upon me. And I will tell you, there's a difference between power and authority, um, real big difference. Authority is a, bestowed upon us by nature of the title that we're given. I am a superintendent. I know I have the authority to do a lot of different things but I never ever abuse that authority because I know that one single conversation can hurt or harm or inspire another person. And then power. Power is given to us by the respect that we earn from those that we serve. And I am very happy to have much more power than authority um, for those that I serve. I love that. So what tips kind of, as we finish out our conversation, what are some of the tips you have for some of the leaders listening who may sit in the superintendent seat? They might be principals, um, uh, maybe they're classroom teachers or community leaders, but what are the the sort of nuggets of wisdom through your work, uh, both as an existing mentor of new superintendents, but also just as an educational leader, that you can leave us with. I love it. Thanks, Nicole, so much. This has been so amazing to be able to talk with you. Um, So what would I leave other superintendents, aspiring superintendents with? Um, I would say be you. Be you to your true core and know what, what caused you to enter this business, right? We are in the business of changing lives. We're in the business of serving kids. And so what made you make that decision years and years ago. And for me, it was simple. I wanted to impact. I wanted to inspire and I wanted to motivate others. And so for me, 
I get to do that when I talk to kids. I get to do that when I teach teachers. And I'm still a trainer in my district and I train on different content because I wanna be as close to teachers as possible. So make a list as a superintendent, as a, as a frontline administrator, whoever you are out there, make a list of what you love, what you love, and make sure that what you get to do every day or at least every week is on that list because that will keep you inspired. One thing I will give you an example you heard here today was reading the stories, reading stories to kids, you know, talking to families. I'll give you one more thing that I love to do that started during the pandemic is that is 60 seconds in GUSD. Wherever your town is, wherever you serve, 60 seconds. It's a short clip of video, same thing. We go behind the scenes in the, dis in the different aspects of our district. And why did we do that? Because number one, I wanted to lift people up. Number two, I wanted to give the community a backstage pass into what was happening in our schools because they weren't able to come on our campuses. And so 60 Seconds in GUSD is a 60 second video where I started off and say, welcome to Greenfield Union School District. This is 60 Seconds in GUSD. And today we are going to feature our nutrition program. This whole week, our cooks are creating dishes that you are going to love. And here are some samples. Chef, tell us what's on the menu for this week. And then they go on camera, 50 seconds or less. They tell what's on the menu, tell them why they're so proud of it. And then boom, the end is, this has been 60 seconds, 60 seconds of GSD. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time. Super simple 60 seconds gives you a clips, but two things happen, as I mentioned, you lift people up with great pride and you show the community, the public, what your district's all about. Because if you don't do that, someone else will fill in the blanks and it might not be the best story uh, that you want be being told about your district. So be the narrator of the wonderful things that you do with a video or with a picture and post the heck out of it on social media because people need to know what you're doing. And I know that everyone on this call that's listening to this um, today is doing phenomenal work, phenomenal work. But sometimes people just need to be told what that phenomenalism is. So true. And um, I am certain that people can get great inspiration from following your work. So where can they find you? What's the social media platform where if they just need like another dose of Xandra Joe Galvan, where can they go? Sure. So I'm on the big four. Uh, so the first one is uh, Twitter. My handle is at BJ Galvan on Twitter. Totally. You can go there and follow me and you'll see all of the things that I'm about. Uh, number two is LinkedIn. <clears throat> so you can find me on LinkedIn. Same thing I post on Twitter. I'll post over on LinkedIn, Zandra Joe Galvan. And then of course, um, both Twitter and LinkedIn is more professional. I don't do a lot of personal stuff <clears throat> on there. <clears throat> and then the last two, of course, is Facebook and Instagram, because I meet people where they are. And so whatever their choice of social media, I will make sure that I can meet them there. And so on Facebook, it's my name, Xander Joe Galvan, my district website, Greenfield USD. And then on Instagram, same thing, Greenfield USD has a channel. And then I have a personal channel Zan, at Zan Galvan. And then on the Facebook and the Instagram, you'll get a glimpse into my family um, if we're friends on there too. Uh -huh. So <laughs> 
Awesome. Well, I hope folks will kind of find you and whether it's getting inspired to do Zumba with you in the mornings um, or whether it's getting inspiration for doing their own 60 seconds into their district or even reading stories to students. There is so much love and goodness that comes from you all the time that I'm just immensely grateful that you spent some time with us. So thank you so much for talking to us. Uh, thank you so much, Nicole. It's been an honor and a privilege and I just wish you all great things. Thank you. Thank you for listening and thanks to everyone out there choosing to work in education. The Inspire to Thrive podcast spotlights the great things possible in education and is produced by Thrive Public Schools in partnership with Copernicus Solutions. If you have ideas to share or need support to reimagine education, visit us at www.thriveps.org.